I'm recording now. We can go in three, two. Sean McCracken, news editor for Hotel News Now, here with my boss, Stephanie Ricca, at the second day of the NYU Hospitality Conference. I can't remember what year. Is the 43rd annual, 45th annual? <laughs> I've lost oh, why? track. I was thinking 35th. No, it's, it's been definitely, a while. It definitely starts with In the a four. the 40s, 45? I don't know. It's been a long time. Yes, so we're very tired. It's the end of the day, the end of the conference. Um, Steph, what have you heard? What are your big takeaways from the day? You know, people always ask, what's the takeaway? You know, when they sit down at the lunch table with one of the journalists, they say, well, what are you hearing? What's the mood of the conference? I literally just had that lunch That exact conversation. <laughs> and it's funny because, of course, people say optimism. And yes, people are optimistic. But what I think is interesting is I see a U.S. hotel industry coming out of this pandemic, I think, more resilient than going in. And here's mm-hmm. my point of reference for that. Yes, performance is is great. Supply and demand trends are very strong. Financing hotels is terrible. Yeah. Building hotels is non-existent. We'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. But in a in previous years, in a scenario like that, every hotelier would have been doom and gloom yep. and absolutely, absolutely, you know, gone to pieces. And now I think there really is some resilience that the hotel industry, I'm not really sure, has been known for that. You know, they've always Mm -hmm. kind of typically turned into Eeyores as soon as the cycle turned um, and found many things to complain about. So I think that's that's pretty indicative. And one of the one of the bright spots that's powering it through is that, yes, we've talked about how that breakneck leisure demand is normalizing. It's stabilizing. But people have a lot of really solid examples now of group and business transient demand really coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're not just saying it. They're showing it. Um, I think this morning on the CEO general session panel we heard from john colin who's the ceo of margaritaville holdings margaritaville hotels are big and they Mm -hmm. typically host a lot of groups and also peter strebel with omni and those of course are huge convention hotels and both of them were saying group is back um it was interesting to hear peter say how different it was we've heard a lot from the brands about that small to mid-size event category really being the bread and butter But for someone like Peter from Omni, where the huge events are their bread and butter, he says that the company really is thinking differently when they approach new hotels now because Mm -hmm. they know that the 5,000-seat ballroom may not be the best bet, not just now, but who knows, maybe maybe in the good and medium to long term. So I see hoteliers able to have a lot more visibility around what group and business transient is looking like as opposed to even six months ago when they knew things were better but they couldn't quite iterate a hundred percent why or what sort of long-term change that would mean now they're they're settling into it and they're seeing it yeah i i think i generally agree with the point that it is there's a lot of reasons to be a pessimist right now and people aren't just leaning into that and there's also not just the really boring rote cliche like well i'm feeling cautiously optimistic like i haven't got that vibe Mm -mm. which is an improvement for sure yes 
Um, that said, like, if I'm just looking at my quick notes that I typed up for the things I want to talk about here, the first two words just say financing sucks because it does. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you hear from people and that might just be the new norm in a way. Like, if the issue is banks aren't lending as much, if you're sitting around waiting for the banks to come back, you might be waiting for a very long time, it seems like. That's the broad takeaway i've been hearing from people who know a lot more about this but at the same time like and um hilda perez alvarado was talking about it during the irafac panel and it was really interesting like you know as part of jll she deals with a lot of people who have a lot of money and she said the thing that these big international investors are more interested in than anything to get in this industry is finding financing platforms that they can throw their money into because they want to get in that space but they don't know how to do it themselves. So it seems like we're going to have financing options sooner rather than later, but they're gonna be what we think of as more alternative lenders. So the alternative is going to become the mainstream, like it's going to be private equity money filling that gap, which is really, really interesting to me. <clears throat> and maybe even some from international sources. I talked mm -hmm. to a couple people just in more casual conversations about dipping their toes in in finding overseas yeah investment. for sure for sure and like big capital outflows even into you know domestic platforms like i think that that will be a big thing um speaking of private equity though like the other big interesting comment i heard today was from ksl's eric resnick who had mentioned that a lot of people are feeling optimistic and saying, well, I don't necessarily see a reason that demand's going to drop off. He says that the early signs are there. And I've heard that from a few other people, that people they're starting to play in, like, not necessarily that it's going to be bad, but it's not going to be as good as it has mm -hmm. been, which is, you know, nobody wants to hear an environment that, like, operating is not going to be the darling that it is right now. Right, right. But all that said, like, yeah, everybody realized, like, it's not that bad. Like, it's not COVID. Like, that's the overarching <laughs> opinion is even if things aren't perfect, it's still not COVID. The industry has learned a little perspective. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my takeaway is that people feel pretty good. They think that they can survive most anything at this point. And, I mean, a year from now, financing will probably figure itself out. We'll be in the middle of a presidential election. That's all anybody will want to talk about. But, like... The industry will be doing okay, if not better, you know? Okay, Sean, let me ask you your thoughts on another topic that was pretty buzzworthy these last two days. All of a sudden, all hoteliers want to talk about is AI and chat GPT. Yes. It came up in every conversation. People were sharing, I think I found stories people were sharing about how they use it more just as consumers themselves yes, to look up that, travel itineraries that's the interesting part and and i i wish i could remember off the top of my head who said it on the general session stage because somebody did um they made the very salient point that it's not that ai doesn't matter it's just ai has been around for a few mm -hmm. years the reason we're talking about it so much right now is because everybody has a nephew or their brother or somebody who goes back who just can play around on chat gpt it's the consumer like accessibility that's yes. everybody getting everybody worked up about it but if it has, hasn't been part of your business it should be part of your business you should be thinking creatively about it but it's not new new mm -mm. you know it's just a lot of older 
kind of used to doing their own thing, CEOs are now being exposed to it in a way and thinking, oh, well, this is an exciting new thing. Right. You're excited like about any it. technology. Yes. But I think it'll help the industry in that, you know, people as part of the industry can be using it and seeing it as consumers themselves yes. to see what some of that uptake will be. Most of what I've heard about is using it in the trip planning process, mm -hmm. you know, being able to put that content out there. But some of the brand CEOs, some of the big brand CEOs on the general session said they're a little worried about protecting their brand messages yeah. because, you know, it's it's still in its infancy in terms of seeding the information. So if I go on ChatGPT and say, where should I go on vacation in Hawaii? The CEO of Hilton is worried that his information might pop up and yeah, he'll be incorrect. as a incorrect or you know a different branded not resort. Super reliable, right? Like anybody who's played around with it knows that it's it's amazing, but it's not anywhere near a hundred percent reliable in very basic things. So. I get that. I think the bigger pitfall for hoteliers in the hotel industry, and we're really going on a tangent on this now, but, but it's fun. I do think the bigger pitfall is falling into kind of this um, generative text-based, like consumer-facing idea, like falling into the idea that that's what it is, and that's a very finite sliver of what AI does and if that's the way you you apply it to your business I think you're doing yourself a disservice mm -hmm. well that's what we've been hearing from the investment conference I'm sure it will be coming up at a uh, coming up at all of the conferences elsewhere this summer marketing yes. revenue management and so on I mean I'm going to be at high tech in a few weeks and I feel like I'll hear about it more than a couple of times all right. Well, thanks for everyone for listening and stay tuned to hotelnewsnow.com for more information.